Welcome to Killing Time, hosted by two girls, one goth. And you know what? It looks like Billy Jensen got a haircut. I did get Yeah, a you're looking a lot more um, less straggly. I'm looking less straggly, yes. I decided it was time. And uh, my guy was like, and I said, no, just keep going. And you know what? Actually, actually, you know what? I'm going to save it for on the stand. I just okay. thought of it on the stand. Okay. 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 Well, your haircut's looking good. I mean, I always Thank prefer you. a long hair on a man, but like it also looks good cut and like nice and quaffed. He has like a nice little wave flowing backwards with it. Looking good. Your Thank lighting you. is actually okay today too. Usually you're like backlit and you're wearing your hat and it's a whole nightmare. <laughs> but like today, like you're good. properly lit. You're you've cleaned yourself oh, up. First of all, I'm less we were worried on, about you today. Let, let me let, listen. Me and Alexis were on some conference conference calls. We were on Zoom Zoom calls for other business stuff that weren't you guys. And that's when I was in my living room and I was backlit. And yes, I did have the hat on. Oh, you had the hat on today already. No, not today. Billy, this is not a one-time thing that I'm referencing. This happens all the time. This has happened It's never with you guys now. I always try to make it a little bit of an effort with you guys because you know why? Because of this conversation right here. Do you? I feel like most of the time you are. I think that's why we're having this conversation because you're usually backlit and very moody and we have to Mm -mm. pull some energy out of you. Mm. You know what? You want me on 10? You got it today. Oh, God. No, I Great. don't. Great. We want you amped up. Let's, let's give the people what they want. Uh-huh. Amped up. Well, what day is it today, Billy? Well, today is March 24th, and back in 1874, Harry Houdini was born. Mm, mm. Now, this guy, you can't really underestimate how big this guy was. You know, he's a Hungarian-American escape artist. He was noted for his escape acts. He got started in vaudeville. He was known as Harry Handcuff Houdini during a tour of Europe, and he actually changed his name when he went into military service as Harry Handcuff Houdini. Very cool. Which probably would mean something a little different these days versus then. But um, (laughs) So uh, he would get out of change. He would have ropes slung over skyscrapers, straitjackets underwater. One time he was buried alive and had to crawl out of the dirt. A lot of people thought he was faking it, but he was president of the Society of American Magicians. And he said that everything was on the up and up, and he liked to expose fraudulent artists. And he was also quick to sue anyone who imitated any of his escape stunts. Mm, Everyone loves a very litigious person who sues everyone. (laughs) Especially over something like magic. Especially something like (laughs) over something really important. profound um i was like doing this research and i was very interested in the society of american magicians so i found their little intro and i wanted to tell you guys about it honestly it it sounds like something you'd try to join like this (laughs) sounds like like, jack's dream i would try to like find if i wasn't dating jared i would try to like maybe find a potential partner that was in it because i just love magic so it says the society of american magicians sam is the oldest fraternal magic organization in the world its purpose is to advance elevate and preserve magic as a performing art to promote harmonious fellowship throughout the world of magic and to maintain and improve ethical standards in the field of magic to promote these endeavors the sam presents awards and fellowships and recognition of outstanding achievement in the art of magic. I love that. I love like sacred, I love sacred societies, like secret, sacred shit, like blood oaths. Yeah, it's almost like a masonry type of a thing. mm, I love it. And I love that like about sororities. Like I still know, like my sister still won't tell me like about 
about the things they made her do. And I was like, the jig is up. You've graduated from college. Just tell me. She's like, that's dishonorable. I'm like, who? What the fuck well, like, is this? The hazing, aka like the abuse or the, would do this or the ceremonies. I don't think hers was abusive, but just like aspects of the ceremonies are still secret. And I'm like, yeah. just tell me your secrets. I'll find it on Reddit if you don't tell me. <laughs> I feel like we should do a killing time about uh sororities that's and like a all the great idea and fraternities and all the fucked up shit that would go on i love I think that that's a fantastic actually idea. we should that, implore that people to call yes. in with their stories mm-hmm. about it wow this and is we a do good like idea. a segmented show yeah mm-hmm. okay coming soon call to action Come- everyone call, yes, to action. call to action uh, as for crimes houdini was once prosecuted for being improperly dressed and for bathing in the seine uh in paris during prohibited hours but for true that crime rewind yes that very is naughty, naughty. But for True Crime Rewind, we're going to talk about his mysterious death. Who or what killed Harry Houdini? Mm, the world does not know. Still, it's a mystery. Mm, how fitting for like his enigmatic sort of uh, historical mm-hmm. personification. He really is fascinating. When I was doing some of the research for him, I was like, what? this guy, he really had mm-hmm. it going on. So we're going to get into that um, in a bit. But Billy, do you have your uh, True Crime in real time? Yes, there is true crime in real time. We're going to file this under the category of who asked for this. South Uh-oh. Carolina just became the fourth state to allow execution by firing squad as an option for prisoners on death row. Oh my God. I don't know why we're doing this, but the statement from the state is reads insane. Well, let me let me just weigh in because I don't know what you're about to say, but I will say okay. the reason why they're doing it is because they can't get the drugs to perform lethal injections. Um, the oh, cocktails, the cocktails are dangerous because most of those drugs come from Europe, and Europe doesn't believe in the death penalty, so they stop oh. providing the drugs um, that allow for lethal injection. And so we've heard these stories about botched injections, about people like suffering and needing so many injections to, to get the job done. And firing squad to me actually sounds better than that. Well, isn't it also the person that's administering the injection can kind of just be like whoever too? Yeah, because the hip- doctors can't do it because of the Hippocratic Oath. Yeah. So normally it's some sort of medical practitioner. They find a loophole, but generally no one wants to fucking do it for I, religious reasons. You don't be, want to be the one to kill. Like, it's a very hard thing permit? to convince yeah. people Ugh. to do. <laughs> Yeah. In firing squad, squad. the trick about firing squad is that several people file, fire a gun at this person. So you don't no know one who the knows, person is. No one knows who has I, a real bullet. Well, listen, because this is this is everything you know about firing squads is going to be wrong because listen to the statement. The death chamber has been renovated to accommodate a firing squad. First of all, that first sentence is amazing. The, the death, death chamber, chamber has been renovated. Jesus Christ. The chamber now includes a chair in which inmates will sit if they choose execution by firing squad. The chair is in the corner of the room away from the current electric chair, which cannot be moved yikes creepy that room. is the most ridiculous paragraph i've ever heard the fact that they renovated but then they were just like oh no we can't we can't and you know that there was probably an interior designer being like okay what what's going on there can we was move there, that chair was there or is renovating move- like a very big euphemism of they just added a chair well yeah because the electric currents <laughs> like there's all these it's a very you could move currents in a renovation 
Dude, that chair is probably mounted there. The chair is probably however much dollars. When you're talking, I'll Google how much an electric death chair costs. <laughs> I never <laughs> want to do a renovation with either of you. Okay. <laughs> Bullet-resistant glass has been installed between the witness room and death chamber. The firing squad chair is metal with restraints and is surrounded by protective equipment. Three firing squad members will be behind the wall with rifles facing the inmate through the opening. The rifles and open portal will not be visible from the witness room. All three rifles will be loaded with live ammunition. So that old thing about somebody oh. doesn't have a round, that's not going to be here. So they all have real bullets. Because like, also, and also three people doesn't seem that, I mean, when I used to see that in the movies, I feel like they had like 10 people that were. Also, people can get shot like 30 times and live. I know. I'm like, how are you sure that that's going to go through their heart? Or and their I will say that, face? well, I, I, I'm going to get to that in a second. I will say that, um... Uh, you know, standing up sounds a little bit better than sitting down. Yeah, uh, I agree. They're making these people sit down. The inmate will be strapped into a chair and a hood will be placed over his head. Interesting that they say his, by the way. A small Statistically, aim... it probably is. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> yeah. A Men small aim point will be placed over his heart by a member of the execution team. The warden will read the executive order. The team will fire. After the shots, a doctor will examine the, examine the inmate. If the image is, is declared dead, the curtain will be drawn. Witnesses will be escorted out. Now, there's only been three um, firing squad um, executions since 1977, all in Utah. Utah, Oklahoma, and Mississippi are the only three other states that do it. Wait, there's only been three total? Since 1977, yeah. And they did Utah. this whole renovation for something that likely will never happen? Well, we'll see. I oh, no, know. it'll happen. They can't get the drugs. That's why they did it. Oh, this yeah. has been going on for a couple years. Like, um... It's been going on for a couple of years where the drug cocktails, like people, they keep getting botched. And inmates, it's my understanding that it, some inmates have asked for it over lethal injection. So the firing squad. Well, I was going to say, so you can, as in the beginning of your little, the thing that you're reading, it said that if they choose, do inmates get to choose? And yeah, inmates do get to choose with this, with this, yes. Interesting. Yeah. Honestly, hearing you read that, I don't really believe in the death penalty anymore. Like not no. that did that didn't change me. That didn't change my mind. I just know how many innocent people like are oh, in yeah. on death row. I don't believe. Oh no. yeah. But just the you fear of being strapped in a chair and then having guns pointed at you and you're about to die. Like that sounds. I don't know. I just feel like we're above so that. Barbaric. I know. Yeah. It's it, well. That's. I didn't even know. To be honest, I don't know much about the different uh, ways of the death penalty. But I didn't even know that was a thing that anybody was doing anymore. That they it only, just seems so ass backwards. They only eradicated hanging like way more recently than you'd think. It's so fucked up. Yeah. So um, I'm not for the death penalty either. I mean, the only thing that I, I feel it's used for for good is as a bargaining tool for saying, hey, we're going to give you the death penalty unless you tell us where the other bodies are buried or what else you did or whatever like that. So, yeah. Also, they allowed but, hanging you know. until 72, which yeah. seems late to me Yeah, <laughs> because it seems like that Salem witch trial late. shit to me, even oh, though yeah. they did burning at the stake. But like, it just seems very archaic. Holy shit. We are old west. Yeah. We are fucked up. America. Yes, we are. Yes, America, baby. <laughs> to you and cheers to you and yours. <laughs> cheers to you and yours. All right. Well, uh, damn, uh, new wrinkle in my brain, but it's not a good one. Um, it's not great. We're gonna jump into some Harry Houdini facts in a bit, <laughs> but before then, uh, we have got some bitching to do. Please rise. Court is now in session. 
Welcome to On The Stand. Every week we bring a person, place, thing, idea, whatever to the stand and we're either prosecuting it or defending it. Then we have a little healthy discussion to decide if it's guilty or not guilty. Bring it to Instagram. Everybody votes and uh, we see if we are of sound mind or not. So would anybody like to go first or should I just jump in? I think you should go first. Okay, so I actually... um, got this from our Facebook group and fuck I didn't write whoever's name it was down so I apologize whoever posted this but it is the concept of half birthdays half Mm. birthdays um people celebrate them out there adults out there are celebrating half birthdays and having people buy them gifts and buying them dinner for something wait adults actually do that there are some adults out there in this post that I am taking this on the stand idea from uh there are there they exist so i'm putting half birthdays on the stand because unless you're over i know i don't even think that they should be celebrated for kids you get one yeah yeah no uh, yeah i, and I think I'm there are carve outs for certain people yeah i'm gonna go ahead and say that birthdays shouldn't even be celebrated either so obviously <laughs> i'm gonna be I, I can just say this right now guilty Billy, <laughs> you celebrate birthdays I don't celebrate my own birthday. Yes, you do. So, no, I don't. You do stuff. Mm, no, not really. Whatever. Not yes, do you year. have a Do you have a special meal that you eat on your? Do you do anything that different that day? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. It's just an ordinary. <laughs> I love day. birthdays, and this is why. Well, and I don't love them because like I don't usually have fun on them, but I have fun on other people's. Oh, I like other people's. Are, are fun, I like other like, people's, not, and mine. Yeah. Mine are fun. They're fine. I mean, mm-hmm. I. It's not like they're fireworks or anything. They're whatever. Mm. But I also think half birthday is like, if you want to do something for yourself on your half birthday, like get a massage. Like I'm a proponent to the more self-care and celebration, like life's short and life's shitty and sad. So it's like mm. if more things to celebrate, the better. I'm here for that. Um, yeah, but I think forcing that on other people. Yeah, I mean, you can do whatever you want. You can use any day of your life to have a little celebration because you deserve it. Yeah. But not mm-hmm. if you're pulling somebody else into it and making them buy you something or no. sure. treat you for a half birthday. Sure. I don't even know what my... Uh... Mine's uh, June, se- June 2nd. Unless, like, say for you, if you hated the winter so much that you now decided that your real birthday was going to be on June 2nd instead of... You know no one would mean? come. No one would come. <laughs> like, it's so hard to get people to come to a birthday that's real because, like, everyone's so busy that, like, if you're like, hey, I'm actually moving my birthday, they'd be like, this isn't your fucking birthday and I'm busy that weekend. I'd be like, And you're Sorry. in your 30s. So. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry I asked. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> okay. Half birthdays. I mean, I, I can't imagine. Guilty. I, but, you know, they're out there. Guilty. Who's next? Um, I'm, I'm next. Mistrial on that for me. Okay. Guilty uh, if you're if we're talking about specifically in the context of like making other adults celebrate it with you. Guilty. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Guilty all the way. All right. So I'm gonna go next. Like Jack was saying, I did get my haircut. I hadn't got my haircut probably in three and a half to four months. Now, one of the great is there something behind getting... that? No, there's nothing behind that other than crippling sadness. <laughs> but when you when you sit down and you get your haircut after you haven't gotten your haircut for three and a half, four months, the one thing that you're excited for is to see how much hair is on the ground. Okay. That's a thing. No, it's not. You want to see all that hair on the ground and be like, wow, that's cool, right? Why? But I grew out of my head. What is satisfying about that? I hate that. So then I 
I want to pick it up haircut. and put it back onto my head. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, like no, it gives no, me no. anxiety. I clean it up before I look. I hate that. No, 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 no. I like it. So, so I looked down. And I was like, oh wow, that's a, that's a lot of hair. And then this this wonderful <laughs> woman who who washes my hair was like, oh yeah, I cleaned it halfway through too. And I was just like, no. I had this visceral reaction. I wanted to see all of the hair, and I felt cheated. I feel that I'm dismissing this case. <laughs> no ruling. This is Wait, the most. Is... This is the most uninspired. Where is who, who on the stand you ever? You don't want to see your. She's mad. You're mad. She swept up some of your hair from the ground. Yes. What are you I putting would on like, the stand? Are I'm you putting, putting on the stand? Looking that they at should, all they the should, hair. No, that they should head? always have all of your hair on the ground, and then when you get up, you could see it, and then they then they. That's probably away. not part. They're probably not allowed to leave it on the ground too long. <laughs> Can that you imagine what there. this Instagram slide is going to look like? Honestly, like, on the Billy, I'm so disgusted by it because how trivial. Like, what the fuck? I, you like, know what? The Billy... fact is, is that I didn't have one. And then you guys talked about my hair. And then I thought about something that I, I was like, OK, then I'm going to do it. I, I mean... still don't have one, but I think I have one now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Billy, I have a question about your hair cutting experience. Mm-hmm. Are you the type of person that thinks that like. Because anytime a man gets a haircut, I always think they look weird. Like, mm-hmm. it's just because it needs, like, a little time to grow out. Like, it's just such a shock. I don't really know. Yeah. Like, do you think that you look great after a haircut? Or do you need those couple days to kind no, of, like, No, I, I need a week, in? usually. Yeah. Not that sh- I look great. I mean, but... Do yeah, you guys I remember in Clueless when she got the bad haircut? And she's like, my hair was just in shock. And yes. then, like, a few days later, mm-hmm. suddenly it was relaxed and it looked effortless. I just got my hair cut and dyed, too. And I, every single time when I get it done... That day, I'm like, I made a grave mistake. No, you're a mistake. Fantastic. And then I have to, you have to let it like sit for a second and really like. Well, you're you know. also not styling it the way you want to style it the way that you want. And often they'll just style it the way that, that they think is good. And they well, have you should different just products. tell them. They don't do but that. They have different products. And we stuff tell them like what that. to do. So, so they no, have paste and they're putting paste like on and everything. And it's just like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what was it? <laughs> It was leaving the hair on the ground. I don't know what you want to call it. Guilty, not guilty. I don't know. Go ahead, guys. Uh, Guilty, Um, just to make you happy, appease you. I mean, I want to dismiss this case, but like, if you're pushing it through to the Supreme Court, I guess guilty. Okay. For the sake of getting along. Okay, Lex. Mm. Okay, so in Los Angeles, we all pretty much live in like apartments. Yeah. And we're all going through a lot. Like life is really difficult. Our families are either we're either dealing with family stuff or relationship stuff or work stuff or whatever. And I think that sort of the unwritten tacit agreement, if you will, when you live in a shared building, habitable space, you need to fight. You need a whisper fight. You need to like room like you need to be respectful fighting. Like you can't have those like long drawn out yelling fights. Otherwise, you ruin everybody else's day. So I think, I think that's what I'm putting on the stand. You can only yell at the top of your lungs if you live in a home mm. <laughs> with your own walls. And otherwise, I think you need to take it down a few pegs. Mm. Yes, that's where I am with that. Um, yeah. So I think everyone will agree that that's guilty. Okay, so I saw a commercial yesterday, and it was a really exciting commercial. It was a Taco Bell commercial, mm. and they were advertising okay. fries dipped in cheese sauce, and it looked like a Transformers commercial that was like 
action movie. It was like a crazy commercial. Okay. And I think I'm going to put on the stand fries. Like, I appreciate that. But, like, fries and cheese sauce is, like, not a thing for me. I'm a fries and ketchup gal. And I know ranch, I can pass with ranch. But I just want chips with cheese. I don't want fries with cheese. You're putting cheese fries on the stand. She's putting cheese fries on the stand. No, 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 no. Cheese fries is like a little carton with fries and cheese drizzled all over and often other things. This is fries in a separate little ramekin of cheese that you dip in one at a time. So it's like make your own cheese fries. I think it's a little blasphemous. It's a little cheese. The, the dipping is the, it, yes, I understand that. Now, the I will is say this. Have, having been on the road with Alexis, if you order fries and don't order ketchup. Throw them away. You it's, will feel the wrath of God. I won't eat them. Like they're, I can't eat a dry fry and I only want ketchup. Yeah. This so I'm just have, like, if there's no sauce, it's not even worth it. Question. So you don't like the act of dipping a fry into a cheese. You like no. a cheese on a fry, but just not the dipping. I don't really like a cheese on a fry. I like a cheese on a chip. Okay. But that, you know, on the stand is really just the dipping the fry into the cheese. Mm. Interesting. I'm going to go not guilty on that one. Um... I'm going to go not guilty. I mean, I love a cheese fry. Mm. I love, I, I want the cheese to be doused or the fries to be doused in cheese. That's different. Like a poutine where there's tons of cheese on a fry. That's different. I, but I will also dip. Okay. I'm going to dip into the cheese. I'm okay with being wrong. Till forever and forever and forever. I love a just cheesy anything. Yeah. I'll dip my finger into the cheese. It feels hard to lose, but someone has to. Mm. I love mm. it. Well, Mm, now I want cheese fries. Yes. It's not um, too late. I'm going to get them after we're done. Um, all right. Well, when we come back, it is time for some true crime rewind. Okay. So it comes as no surprise that I have absolutely no idea how to cook. I don't want to learn how to cook. It's not really my thing. But when I tried Factor meals, it was a freaking game changer. So Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah, two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So the first time I tried Factor meals, I was actually blown away because I'm like, that's it. That That's all it is. Two minutes and the meals are so delicious. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. And you can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, ooh, fancy, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Like I said, they're so easy to prepare. I love them. So head to factormeals.com slash degree50 and use code degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code degree50 at factorymeals.com slash degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. It's almost summer and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on therealreal.com. The Real Real is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada, Dior, Staud, Zimmerman, Jacquemus, and more for up to 90% off retail. 10,000 plus new arrivals land every single day from hundreds of brands you love, all authenticated by a team of in-house experts. Whether it's that perfect wedding guest look, a new summer sandal, an updated beach tote, resort wear for your summer vacation, you're bound to find exactly what you're looking for, plus deals you won't get anywhere else on therealreal.com. 
Visit therealreal.com and use code FIRST at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply. True crime. Yeah, it's rewind time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to True Crime Rewind. We are going back to the Harry Houdini story and his mysterious death. Now, Houdini was at McGill University. He's in Montreal. He had a matinee show at the Princess Theater in Montreal. And a few medical students from McGill visited him in his dressing room. Now, this is October 22nd, 1926. Now, one of the students asked if he could take a punch, if, if Houdini could take a punch. And Houdini's like, yeah, I could take a punch. Before Houdini was able to tighten his abdominal muscles, the kid hit him twice. And like then punched once him he in the stomach. Punched him in the stomach. And then he had visible pain. And then on the third punch, he was like, no, stop. All right. So th- that is what happened right there. Then he travels by train, which is how you got around back then, 15 hours to his next performance in Detroit. He was having a lot of pain, but he figured it was just because of those belly punches. But it turns out it wasn't. It turns out. Why do you do this? That was a guess. <laughs> I'm like hanging on every word. <laughs> yes. Appendicitis. Jack, it was appendicitis. Yes. Now, it's possible that the blows caused Houdini's appendicitis, but it could could have been that they were coincidental or whatever. And it, But I, I think the big thing is, is that Houdini was feeling this pain of the appendicitis and was like, oh, I'm just, you know, I just probably got hit really hard. I'm going to take it and just like deal with it as opposed to I'm actually dying inside because I'm getting sepsis, et cetera. Right. Well, that's the problem with appendicitis is like if you, that's why I was super lucky. I'm like, if I was on my period, I would have just thought I had period cramps and my appendix would have bro- like burst and who knows what the fuck would have happened. So I'm sure he just thought it was from the punches, but you just like never know. You never that's know. It's terrifying. That yeah. If you feel pain, you should do something about it. Yes. I know pain and um and a fever the fever yeah. was for me that was the big thing for me when i had appendicitis it's like all right i'm burning up i gotta go I never had a so fever. now houdini was one of the people he he really liked to debunk the idea of seances and spiritualism and he actually offered a reward he offered ten thousand dollars to anyone who could present any kind of physical phenomenon like psychic phenomenon that kind of thing so when he died before that, him and his wife, Bess, had an agreement that if he could cross over to the other side, he would try to contact her, and they, they and she should do a seance, and they had a code word. If he used the code word Rosabelle, it would mean that th- this happened. Now, every year on Halloween for a decade, Bess had a seance. She never was given the code word Rosabelle with the Ouija board so sad i know it's sad it's almost like that's not real (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean i don't know ouija boards and sound maybe they don't work maybe like you think if anyone was going to come visit someone it'd be harry houdini i kind of like this though like i kind of like that he did that because he was so against it he's like i don't believe in any of this bullshit like that's what he was saying like i'll pay you x amount of dollars if you can prove me wrong and show that like mysticism or there's like something bigger out there and just nobody could so the fact that he was like if if i can i will do everything that i can Mm -hmm. to contact it for the lady he loved 
He did. That's but- what you do. Like you, you humor, you humor us, you humor them. Like if you know, like I don't believe in it, but fine, Rosabelle. <laughs> Wouldn't you also think that like somebody else at the seance would somehow try to like kind of try to move the thing? Yeah, yeah. humor your friend. Be a good friend. No. Like, she had no good friends there. Yeah. We're just You're moving to, it. She had no Everybody knows when someone's moving the Ouija board. Come on. I, I've never done a Ouija board. I've only done one when I was a kid. I'm a little bit too spooked out to do it now. Like, because mm. what if? Something could happen. You know, Something I don't like it. I, it's, it's just not worth the chance that, like, you could somehow summon, <laughs> summon a demon. Honestly, a demon. it's a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point. It's like, I know. oh, I'm going to sit in this dark room and will something bad to happen and feel... It's like, okay... Let's will it into existence. Like someone will do something like bring a dangerous item or bring a hallucinogenic. Like you will make it so if that's what you're after. And, and I'm then steer somehow clear of that you'll kind like, of nonsense. Yeah. And then somehow you'll, you'll start making like subconscious decisions to like blow up your life. And you'll think it's because of the Ouija board and the devil that now sits on your shoulder. But it's just because you wanted that to happen because you were bored. <laughs> the yeah. devil that just now sits on your shoulder. Yeah, that just started because <laughs> he entered started. through Roosevelt. He wasn't there before. No. Nah. Now he's like, yeah, I might as well. Yeah, yeah whatever. Right. So he came close to death a bunch of times. Now In Santa Ana, he was performing a trick where he was buried alive. Normally he had a casket. So if you're in a casket, and by the way, being buried alive sounds like one of the worst things ever you can think of. Not if you're a trained Houdini. Mm-hmm. Sounds well, he actually, so he didn't have the casket, so the casket would would keep the weight from crushing him, and it would also give him some air. But he actually began to panic, and he wasted no a lot shit. of air, and he was swallowing dirt, and then his hand broke through the surface, and when his hand broke through the surface, he lost consciousness. But he survived. Oh, my God. Yeah. There was also a beer company that did an advertising stunt where they put him in a uh, in a can of beer, like a giant can of beer, and he had done this before with milk milk cans. But this one was full of beer, and there was all the alcohol and carbon dioxide, and then he became disoriented, and they actually had to rescue him. There's Wait, like the... he, he went in a vat of milk? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just a milk can, not the entire vat of milk. Well, and yeah, like, but... there's something where he was doing all this stuff with the milk, and then other people kept trying to obviously copy all of his tricks, and then so he ended up giving up the milk and then now doing beer. And there's actually the funniest picture of him inside this beer can that we'll have to post on Instagram, but his little tiny little mini head is like popping up out of it, and he just looks like a little... Little, little beep boop. Little beep boop. Little gopher. Honestly... What he, what he looks groundhog. like is the guy that played R2-D2, Kenny Baker. <laughs> he looks like Kenny Baker picking his head up out of R2-D2. Yeah, he looks like he's like in a little... little Shout costume. out to Jared. He knows he knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, whatever. Um, and that's, that's the story of Mr. Harry Houdini. Houdini. I love him. I hope that uh, he's out there somewhere still trying to contact Bess. Yes. And I hope if he's out there trying to figure out what's going on in this real world, maybe he will know some of the worst things that some of you people have done. But if not, you've told us and we're going to listen to those next. You are a horrible person. What's the worst thing you've ever done? Come one, come all. Welcome to, um, I don't know, your confessional. Mm -hmm. I feel very, I feel sort of like a person of the clergy by having you all call and, and confess your, your misdeeds to us. So I really appreciate that. And it's been a while I've realized since we've reminded you all what the phone number is to call in and confess 
all the naughty, naughty things you've done. So call us at 323-539-3516. And just a reminder, they will ask for your name. We never hear that. I'm not even sure why they ask it. Um, it will just, we'll never hear that when we listen to your voicemail. And also they'll cut you off at about two minutes, 30 seconds. So if they cut you off, call back and finish your That's little right. beep boop story. We are uh, here for it. So we're going to start with numero uno. Let's go. Um, let's get it going, shall we? Okay. So the worst thing I have ever done is impersonate an attorney, um, but not without reason. So my sister was dating a guy who seemed on the surface to be wonderful, and uh, he was a physician, and things were going really well. But it turned out that he had, like, a wife and a son, no, a son and two daughters um, in a city about two hours away that he wasn't, like, forthcoming about. So they had been dating for probably, like, three or four months, and then it came to the surface that he had this whole other family where he was living. So long story short, my sister ended it, and he didn't take it very well, and he kept, like, leaving, like, roses on her car and he knew she liked like Albany's gummy bears so he would like leave them on the car all the time he just would not quit she would block him and then he would create like another like google number and call and she would block that one and it would just continue so finally we were like at our wits end and we drafted the cease and desist order which you can really like get online on like Rocket Lawyer. And I made up a fake name. It was like, I'm representing, you know, Lindsay. And, you know, if you don't cease and desist, like you're stalking, like it's going to be bad. So legal repercussions, et cetera. So we send it certified to the house that he did not share with his wife, the one that was like local. And he got it and, like, totally freaked out, thought it was legit, retained an attorney, which I can only assume cost, you know, hundreds of dollars. And the attorney thought it was real. And, I mean, it was real. I mean, I guess you can get it. But, like, neither one of us obviously have any legal expertise behind it. But eventually our claim was spoiled because like we didn't know what to do after that obviously like he had a lawyer we were not lawyers um so eventually we just ended up taking a bunch of screenshots of the crazy messages that he was sending and like sent them on to his wife and sadly she was like yeah he does this all the time like it's nothing new to me which is horrible but yeah so the worst thing i ever did was fake send someone a cease and desist order to get him to stop leaving gummy bears on my sister's car. Have a good day. Bye. Okay. So my favorite thing about this call is your use of the word foiled. Our plan was foiled. I so rarely get to hear that. That's so good. It sounds like you're an old time. You like follow that car. Like our plan was yeah. foiled. It's just was reminiscent of like a real, a real uh, old timey thriller. But um, no, I think 
I think we've all dabbled with that idea, you know, especially if you feel kind of powerless to a situation where this guy won't stop. And then you're like, the audacity, he has a wife and he's stalking me, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I love this for you. And I mean, I think people would sis- people would do anything for their sisters. And it just seems like a very affordable way to try to actually get somebody off your case and to scare the shit out of them. Like mm-hmm. instead of having to go through all the process of finding a lawyer, because that shouldn't have to be. I mean, unfortunately, it is, but like it shouldn't have to weigh on you on your side of the end of the thing. But like, I love it. I love you cease and desisting that stalker, you know? Yes. But are you sure your sister didn't want any more gummy bears? <laughs> like, because if she likes them. What type of gummy bears did, did she talk about? A brand that I'm not sure about, but all gummy bears are good. Harabos so it's like, but yes, but, but all I mean, what's all, a bad gummy bear? Bad. Yes. All stalking's bad, and especially like, partner breakup stalkings not great and i can understand the frustration where it's like dude you're fucking married like leave her alone she doesn't want your stupid gummy bears what a but you can forward them to our address (laughs) we'll take we'll take the gummy bears off your hands to our po box we don't want them knowing where we live i didn't know that you guys were so passionate about gummy bears to be honest i didn't know we had a po box We don't. <laughs> we don't. Okay. I'm getting us Billy a has box. a secret P.O. box. He's been getting like fan mail and all gifts the first degree. All the yeah. first degree. Yes. And, like, just doesn't tell us. <laughs> Here's like, a free bottle. Here's Billy. a bottle of vodka. Share it with the girls. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Actually, I don't have any alcohol in my, at my house. <laughs> Anyways, on to the next. All right. So let me preface this by saying that I am an open book with my parents. They know everything, but this is the one thing I've never gotten courage to bring up to them. Here we go. So I don't remember exactly the timing, but I was just barely post 9-11, so I'm 15, maybe 16 years old, cruising around in my friend's mom's car, packed with five of us, and a case of Mike's hard lemonade. Some are full, but plenty of them are empty. The dumbest guy in the group says that he knows how to make a bomb. Me, being the lifelong skeptic, doesn't believe the asshole. Dum-dum, he's the one driving, but uh, he decides to show us. So hopped up on Mike's Hard Lemonade, we go to the grocery store with a list of things, which I decided we needed to split up so we could avoid suspicion. We split up the list to go grab tinfoil, to go grab the cleaning solution says that we need to do the trick, and Dum Dum goes and grabs a couple of two liters. We check out, reconnect together right at the door, because that's smart. Uh, Dum Dum empties out the pop bottles as we walk back to the car all over the ground. Um, we drive one parking lot over start to manipulate the tinfoil, how Dum Dum's telling us to. We're not there for three minutes working on the tinfoil, and we're surrounded by cops with their guns pulled yelling at us. Dum Dum wanted to try to drive away. Thankfully, we didn't because we were all screaming at him to not do that. Uh, we were all removed from the car, put in the back seat of the cruisers separately, and eventually they realized that we're just tipsy teenage idiots, not terrorists. The cops did make us empty the remaining bottles of mics that we had and allowed us to phone a friend to come pick us up and did absolutely nothing to us. No call home, no tickets. I'm saying there were zero consequences for these stupid teenage actions. The friend brought a buddy along to drive the friend's mom's car. And to this day, I have no idea if Dum Dum could actually make a bomb. And I really don't want to find out anymore. Um, so that is definitely the worst thing that I've ever done and never discussed outside of the group of five of us involved, which actually includes my now husband and brother-in-law. 
I should mention, though, that neither of them are the dumb-dumb reference throughout my story. So thanks for letting me share the worst thing I've ever done with all of you. Uh, Love you all. Thanks. Bye. So I want to know, like, how did they know? How did the police know? Because I think, yeah, I I mean, I don't know. That didn't teach me how to make a bomb at all. It was like, ooh, we have the tinfoil in the mic's hard. I'm like, okay, this isn't actually making a bomb. But like, how did the police know that your friend joked about it? Maybe they, maybe they were throwing the bottles and that's what happened, you know, or something along those lines. That is a reach. There, she I didn't mention this, any bottle throwing. Uh, good for Mike's Hard Lemonade for changing its image from the official drink of To Catch a Predator to the official <laughs> drink of Teenage Bomb Makers. I think that's really important for this story. Listen, <laughs> because, they're just I mean, victims. They're just here for a good time, and we exploit them in ways that they don't approve of. <laughs> yeah. But Mike's Hard are victims? Well, M- Billy's saying they went from the drink of the predators to the drink yeah, of the bomb makers, what, but it's not their fault. They're misused. You know to catch a predator, that's what they used to always bring. They used to always bring uh, to Mike's Hard Lemonade because that's what the the girl, quote unquote, would ask for on To Catch a Predator. So they're victims he, in this equation. They didn't so, ask to be asked for. I think at on one TV. point, Mike's you know, Hard Lemonade was like, can you stop using you know, Mike's Hard Lemonade? A lot of a lot of very upstanding citizens drink Mike's Hard Lem- Mike's Hard Lemonade, you know. And twisted tea, like there were some fun wine coolers when we were growing up. I would never drink them now; they're like a fucking headache in a bottle. But yeah. like, get me a Zima. They didn't do anything to deserve this kind of reputation. All right, on to the next. What's up, bitches? I don't feel bad about this thing I'm going to tell you, but. I can't tell anyone else, so I figured this is a good place to leave this secret. So my current boyfriend was married. Um, They divorced because she was crazy. And I'm not just saying she was crazy. She was, like, actually crazy, like, very abusive and cheated and gaslighting and just the whole – it was bad. Anyways, this woman, girl, still posts about him on her social media and – We have a few friends in common. Um, I have her blocked on everything so she can't see my stuff, right? And my friend reached out to me and said that this girl had been posting on her Instagram about my boyfriend, as usual, her (laughs) ex-husband, and saying that his porn addiction, quote-unquote, had ruined their marriage, which, let me tell you, first of all, he does not have porn addiction, Their marriage ending was not his fault. I mean, it takes two, right? But it was definitely not his fault. And I got pissed. And so, you know, being in a relationship with him, I kind of knew what nerves would hit. So I created a fake Instagram account. And I replied to the story that she had posted about him. And I told her directly I said, bitch, please, we all knew the reason that your marriage ended was because of you, not him. I don't really know if she knew it was me. I don't really care. I wish her nothing but the worst. So, you know, maybe I'll hear myself on a podcast one day. Who knows? Deuces. Okay. So first of all, I want to um, say that the end of any relationship is extremely painful and it really tends to bring out the worst in people. Like when they're processing rejection and grief, I think we need to empathize with like the pain of that, especially if you think 
you know, a marriage ending and what that might do to a woman or a man or whatever, um, I think having empathy would be a great place to start. Um, that being said, I don't know the context of all the things she was posting, you know, like if she was provoking you in a way that is reasonable, I can understand your urge to want to like retaliate. And I think, you know, that it wasn't the right thing to do, you know, because if someone's process, even if someone's acting crazy, if someone's acting irrationally and spreading lies, stoking the flames doesn't usually help, you know, um, usually like don't pay it any mind. It goes away. That being said, I also understand like being in a new relationship and feeling protective of it. So it's, it's kind of a balance here that you have to find where it's like, do I feel justified in this? And, uh, or like, I think you, you say it's like, you just had enough and you acted in a way you, you impulsively did something and you don't regret it. And I think that's also okay. But like, I think, I think generally like the end of relationships and I've been guilty of this too. The end of relationships for people are extremely painful and hard and, uh, people are letting go a piece of themselves, you know, and especially, thinking you're going to be with someone forever. It's an identity sort of crisis. So I think we should have patience for it to the degree where it's not really, really badly impacting your life. But I think, you know, this wasn't super mature. Um, cause you came, you came at it like that. And I think that's okay. Like we've all had those moments that it was like, oh, I kind of regret that, but like fucking I didn't. And it felt good to say, and sometimes we need those releases. So I understand where you were coming from too. <laughs> And luckily, no one knows who you are, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, hopefully they don't find it out. No, I mean, I, I agree with everything that you're saying. I hope that maybe that got something out of your system and you can kind of try to take a step back and maybe try not to look at her stories or look at what she's posting because it's obviously not bringing you any benefit to your life right now. So maybe trying to distance yourself a little bit to the two, unless she is literally like stalking you or your boyfriend or like really being intrusive in your lives like I would kind of just let it be yeah cause... but no I think that I think something we should all realize like there are two great equalizers right one great equalizer is we all suffer like a tremendous amount of heartbreak when a relationship ends and another great equalizer is that we can all look at our partner's ex and like feel a little weird about it. Like yeah. it never feels good to reminisce on this yeah. idea that your partner was in love with someone else enough to marry them. Like we can all relate to both of those things. And I think just finding some balance in like how you respond to that uncomfortable feeling of this ex and also having some compassion for like the tr difficulty this person is having in letting go. Like, cause that's what that is. They're having a difficult time letting go yeah. and have some patience. You know, it's a human experience and we all have been there, but I do think, you know, you're owning your shit and that's great. And <laughs> we love you. Yeah. Well, Even though you're naughty. <laughs> naughty. All right, Lex. So the last thing that we have left is for you to stanza us into the night. Okay. This poem is called tiny Houdini. <laughs> when my responsibilities come knocking when debts need to be paid i vanish in a puff of smoke i avoid and evade a little meatball houdini who presents an illusion <laughs> when questioned i gaslight and cause some confusion oh i do have a disappearing act when it comes to dating i stand women up deceive keep them waiting i'm all smoke and mirrors a bag full of tricks Tricky, trickery is how George gets his kicks. <laughs> Let me do that again. 
I'm all smoke and mirrors, a bag full of tricks, because trickery is how George gets his kicks. Uh. George isn't special. George isn't magic. The truth of it is, he's really quite tragic. <laughs> Little meatball. Little meatball Houdini in the house. Sounds I fucking can, like a delicious a Italian Houdini, meal, frankly. Please. A meatball Houdini. I'd be like, I'll take two. With a side of cheese fries. I just... <laughs> <laughs> I'll t- yeah. Well, the, the meatball's mm. disappearing into my stomach, so yeah. But yes. <laughs> mm, I wonder if anybody has that on the menu. I, I love somebody. it. Somebody. All right. Well, bye guys. That was that was What a delight. Best. Bye everyone. Ta-ta.